Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose, we're airing this show from the venue of the ASI International Convention this year, 2015, when we're recording, in Spokane, Washington. We're actually being hosted at this venue by the Native Ministries Group for the northwestern part of the United States. Some of you may have tuned into an earlier episode where Monty Church was with us. Monty has pulled together a very beautiful booth here in the exhibit area with an uh, authentic teepee from uh, one of the region's tribes here in the exhibit hall. But we've got someone representing Indian country from a little bit different part of the uh, North American continent, and that is Barbara Willis. Barbara, I'm glad you're with me in the studio. Glad to be here today. It's been an exciting convention so far. Well, it's exciting to have you with us because you're coming to us from a part of the country where a lot of our listeners live. You're from Arizona, Holbrook, Arizona, and you actually represent the Holbrook Indian School, correct? That's right. Tell us what your role there is. I am the Director of Development, so I visit a lot of people and places, telling them about the work, the ministry of Holbrook Indian School. Mm-hmm. We are a grades 1 to 12 boarding school. So we have them from very small up until they graduate high school. Now some of our listeners, when they hear boarding school and Native Americans, it immediately brings up some really bad thoughts because there's some chapters in American history where boarding schools were not a happy place to be. Why do you have Native youth actually choosing to come to this boarding school? Some of it has to do with the stability of the school. Mm. As a Christian boarding school, we have a different approach than the ones that have the less than positive reputation from the past. Many of our students come because grandma went there. Oh, okay. The school has been there for 70 years, uh-huh. since 1946. Wow. So maybe it was an auntie or an uncle or even a brother or a sister that went to school there long ago. Mm-hmm. And maybe that student just isn't fitting into the public sector very well. Or sometimes the guardians or the grandparents who are the ones that end up taking care of a lot of the younger children Mm -hmm. um, want to remove them from the bad influences that they may be having in the public schools, like not just alcohol but and drugs, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of gangs that have moved in Mm -hmm. on the reservations in various ways. And so they look for a place that doesn't have any of that. Okay. It's a stable, safe environment for them while they're there at the school. Now, I've heard some great stories that have come out of Holbrook. Last year in this very same venue, we had one of your graduates who we interviewed. Giovanna Porbear Adams. <laughs> You're exactly right. 
And she told such an amazing story about how Holbrook really just turned her whole life around. Is, is that a unique story? I'm not going to say that every student has that epiphany experience that Giovanna did, mm -hmm. but there are quite a number of them that do each year. And they will come back later on and say, you know, this place changed my life. I started making good decisions here. I found that I could be successful. Mm. And they've gone on to be successful. And then they're the ones who either, like Giovanna, come back to work for the school okay. in their, with their native people. Or they end up sending their children there because they want them to have the same experience. Now, one of the places we love to record radio shows is places where there are people that are active in Indian country. There's health professionals. There's other experts. So not only are we often at the ASI International Meeting like we are here in Spokane, Washington, but we're often at the National Congress of American Indians. Right. And it seems a number of times when I've been there, there have been a number of youth there doing special things, operating booths. And I've talked with these youth, and they've said, you know, we trained at Holbrook Indian School, and here they are out in Atlanta or Colorado or wherever NCAI is. It seems like you're giving these kids a vision for, or let's put it this way, you're reinforcing this native value of giving back, of making a difference. Uh, I've been inspired by your students over the years. Well, that's fantastic. I'm so glad to hear that. We don't often hear of what the students are doing once they leave mm. Holbrook because even though we may have what was a current address for them at the time, they haven't stayed in touch to let us know where they are now. Now, with social media, we're mm. finding out more of this like through Facebook and okay. Twitter. Uh -huh. we've, we've been hearing more and more stories of that. But it's, it's great to know that you've run across some. Oh, yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about the, uh, the distinctives of the Holbrook program because folks are, are listening and they said, well, yeah, maybe we've heard of Holbrook Indian School, but we're, we're way out in uh, the East Coast. We're in the Northwest. I mean, Arizona, I mean, far cry from where we're at. Do you get students from all over the, the country literally to come there? We have from time to time. Mm -hmm. Most of our students are Navajo because we're right off of the Navajo Reservation, which the Navajo Reservation is the largest reservation. But we have some Hopi okay. and some Havasupai mm -hmm. and Cheyenne, Pueblo, Apache okay. that come from somewhat the surrounding areas. From time to time, we have some Lakota Sioux uh -huh. that come down from South Dakota. Okay. We've had some from as far away as Massachusetts. Wow. Uh, not a terrible lot, but uh -huh. two or three uh -huh. that have, have made that trek. Okay. We've also had some that are Cherokee from Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we will, you know, uh, have students that come from around the country, but mostly they're going to be Navajo or Hopi. Or Apache. Okay. So someone's listening to the show right now. You painted a picture already, Barbara, of maybe a family situation, a community situation where a young person is entwined in a setting with bad influences. Maybe they're involved with drugs. Maybe they're 
uh, being victimized by, by gangs, or maybe they're in a setting where, as a Native student, they're in a minority and uh, they're not being treated very nicely. A parent, a grandparent, auntie, uncle, listening to this show is saying, wow, maybe this is an op- uh, This couldn't be an option. I mean, it's a boarding school. It must cost thousands and thousands of dollars. I mean, should people, uh, how does the school like this work? How can you help Native youth who need it? The school is a mission school in the sense that we have students who, we, we don't turn anyone away. Mm-hmm. We try to help them and with the payments that need to be made. We have a worthy student fund. If they're in high school, they can also apply for maybe a tribal scholarship that helps to pay the funds. We have a lot of donors who are interested in giving back okay. to the Native uh, culture. So we run on donations. Uh-huh. We uh, also have a subsidy that comes from our parent organization to help with the school mm-hmm. running. But the students or their, actually their guardians or their parents, are asked to pay a nominal fee to be able to be a student there. Okay. And it's very minimal. Uh-huh. All the rest comes from donations. Really? Or scholarships. So basically, what I hear you saying, Barbara, is if someone's listening and they say, you know what, I need to get some more information about this Holbrook Indian School, they shouldn't hold back because they think they can't afford it. That's right. Contact us. We will be very glad to say, okay, how can we work with you on this? What are the options? Mm-hmm. And we don't, we don't turn anyone away for financial reasons. Now, certainly there's an admissions process to go through right, right. where they've got to have certain paperwork and, you know, that kind of thing. And then it goes before an admissions committee to say, mm-hmm. can we take this student? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we don't ha- we in our setting, do not have the services for the delivery system that a student may need. So like a special needs student? Like a special needs student. We may not have the services available for them. Uh And we have to then say, you know, we really just don't, we're not the place for you to to consider. But for a student who wants to come and get an education and it's a financial situation for them, talk to us. Mm-hmm. We will find and try to work out a way to be able to help them. Tremendous, tremendous. So we want to talk more about Holbrook Indian School and some practical take-home lessons for people who are interested in improving the lives of Native youth especially. But since you've mentioned contacting you, how does someone do that? Well, if I can give the contact information please, here on the air. Please. The first thing you may want to look up is our website. Mm-hmm which is HISSDA.org. And on that website, it will have all of the information about uh, becoming a student. Okay, okay. That's probably the initial thing if you have, inter- have access to the Internet. If not, the email address to probably start out with is at vicepricipal at HISSDA.org because that's the person who will send out the packet of information. 
Let me make sure I've got this, Barbara, and, and all our, our listeners are following along. The domain or the web main website is HIS, so for Holbrook Indian School, right? Yes. So HIS, then SDA, because it is a Seventh-day Adventist school. That's right. HISSDA.org. Right. So I can go to the website there. If I have trouble navigating on the website and want to send an email, what I'm wanting to use is vice principal. Is that right? Yes. V-I-C-E-P-R-I-N-C-I-P-A-L at H-I-S-S-D-A dot org. Okay, so vice principal at HISSDA.org. And then if someone's tuning in and they say, well, <laughs> I don't even have Internet access. I'm listening to this radio show, but, I mean, I could call someone. Is, is there a good phone number to use? The main phone number is 928-524-6845. Mm-hmm. That is the office number. Okay, give us that one more time, please. 928 928- Five two four, six eight four five. Okay, so I've I've got that now, and we'll put this in the uh, program information as well. So if you're listening and that went by so quickly that you didn't get it, uh, I'll repeat it in just a moment. But we also send this information out to all the stations that air American Indian Living. So if you're listening to this on the station, give them a call, or uh, go on the web. And look up American Indian Living, and you can find the programming information available. But that number, again, for the office, 928-524-6845. Now, if they do want to send regular mail correspondence, okay, it's Post Office Box 910, Holbrook, H-O-L-B-R-O-O-K, Arizona, 86025. So do you actually get some people contacting you for the first time through mail? Yes. Really? Well, then that's important then. P.O. Box 910, have I got that right? Yes. Simply Holbrook, Arizona. And the zip again? 86025. Okay. Barbara, we, like I said, we want to talk about some more practical lessons, things that people can apply right away that you're actually finding make a difference there at Holbrook Indian School. But we have to slip away just for a couple of minutes. I'm Dr. David DeRose. You're listening to this special edition of American Indian Living being recorded from the venue of Spokane, Washington, the convention center, where we're actually at the ASI Annual Convention 2015. We will be back with more from Barbara Willis and the Holbrook Indian School. Don't go away. We'll be back with more. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. My name is Florence A.Q. For lunch today, I had grilled chicken and squash. I am Zuni Indian, and I have the power to prevent diabetes. My name is D. Dakota Denesosi. I turned the TV off and took my nieces and nephews for a walk. We saw two jackrabbits, an eagle, and zero cartoons. I'm from the Dene Nation, and I have the power to prevent diabetes. 
Science has proven that if we lose as little as 10 pounds by walking briskly for 30 minutes, five days a week, and make healthier food choices, we can prevent diabetes. My name is Barbara Akisafuk Curtis. I'm losing weight and being more active. I am Alaskan Inupiaq Eskimo, and I have the power to prevent diabetes. For more information on how to prevent diabetes, talk to your health care provider. For free materials, call the National Diabetes Education Program at 1-800-438-5383 and ask for the power to prevent diabetes. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. This is Meryl Streep. Over the years, I have played some characters you could call controlling, but the truth is there's so much in life we can't control. But here's something we can colorectal cancer. It affects men and women, and it's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S., which is astounding, considering it's almost entirely preventable. Here's how. Most colon cancers start as polyps, and screening helps find polyps so they can be removed before they even turn into cancer. Screening also finds this cancer early, when treatment works best. For me, screening was simple and quick. It was no big deal, except for the huge sense of relief you feel afterwards. There are several tests that you can choose from. If you're 50 or older, you should talk to your doctor. Decide which one's right for you. Take control. Do everything you can to prevent colon cancer. Screening saves lives. It could really save your life. For more information, call 1-800-CDC-INFO. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose here at the ASI International Convention. It's Spokane, Washington. 2015 of August is when we're recording the program. And across from me, Barbara Willis has uh, graciously stayed by. She's the development director or director of development for Holbrook Indian School. Barbara, we wanted to move to talking about something that I'm actually excited about, even though I just learned about it a few minutes ago. And it's this new program you have for your students Tell us a little bit about the background of why you saw a need there and what actually happened. Okay. Well, we've called the program the new you. Okay. In getting it across to the students, being a new person involves nutrition, exercise, and wellness. Mm -hmm. So the new you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons for it is a realization that many of the students and the Native American community develop not only, say, alcoholism, but diabetes and heart attack Mm, and health issues related to all of that. And if we can help to teach the young people at an early age about taking better care of themselves by making better lifestyle choices, then they will have, ultimately down the road, a better life. Exactly. And... Several of the things that we've been doing is certainly in our cafeteria. It has always been a practice or policy of the school to serve vegetarian meals. Well, they are now also given a vegan option, too, as well. Okay. They learn that they can eat healthfully fruits, vegetables, and all that kind of thing. The next step that we took with it was to start up the agricultural program again. Wow. 
And so the students being involved in the planting, which they did this last, some did this last spring, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when they come back to school next week, and the months after, they will be harvesting what's been being planted. Right. It will be the garden-to-plate component of the New You program. Tremendous. Going to the cafeteria with fresh produce, and the students working in the cafeteria, learning how to prepare it, and then all the students get to eat it. Wow. You know, one of the things that educators have told me over the years, because I know when kids show up in a school and there's no meat... This is a culture shock for many of them, right? Yes, it is. But educators have told me one of the things that gets kids engaged with a dietary change is to actually grow the food. That's right. And you're doing that. Yes. And it's also probably keeping your expenses down too, huh? Uh, yes, that's another motivation for it. But the main motivation was in looking at helping the students move more into a holistic lifestyle of good choices. Mm -hmm. that, and it includes more than just what they eat. Right. It includes the exercise, getting out in the fresh air, conditioning practice, mountain biking, wow. uh, swimming. Uh, I mean, things that, that they can do for exercise. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Then the third component is the wellness part Okay. that also has to do with being a good student needing enough sleep at night mm. because what do a lot of teenagers like to do? Stay up night, play with the video yep, games and yep. all that kind of thing or the computer. They need to get sleep. And the more sleep they have or, or the right amount of sleep, they become a better student. Mm -hmm. So if they're a better student, they're making better grades, they're learning more, that helps with their holistic lifestyle. Another part of it is mental health. Okay. And something that we have been able to now have because of a very generous grant from a donor to put in place two counselors. Wow. A male counselor and a female counselor uh -huh. because many of the students, let's face it, teenagers, they come from rough backgrounds mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and maybe a dysfunctional home. Something happens with mom and dad or they're Maybe they're sexually or physically abused at home right. or even mentally abused. Right, right. And having counselors on campus that as soon as a situation comes up that they're having a, the student's having a bad day or a mm. breakdown or whatever, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we try to get them into a counseling session with, say, Indian Health Service, they may end up saying, well, we have an appointment next week that we can give you. Well, by next week, something else has happened. Right. But if we have a counselor on campus that as the deans identify something or the teachers identify something and they can say, I want you to go in and see the counselor right now wow. or later this afternoon. That's amazing. So that is something that has started for the mental health part of the new you mm -hmm. as part of nutrition, exercise, and wellness. What's so great is a lot of times you'll find someone who has a real vision for one component of this. You know, you might have a great physical education teacher at a school and really help some of the kids catch a vision for fitness uh, in the physical world. Right. But they may not have that support in the cafeteria. You know, they go into the cafeteria, especially in a boarding school, and I mean, if it's a boarding school, your options are pretty much limited to what they're serving you, especially if you're in a rural location, right? Right. But so you're bringing these 
good foods, and many of them, if I'm understanding right, are culturally uh, sensitive menus. Is, is that right? You're, you're drawing from some of the, the traditional things? Yes, they're trying to do that. And, and the foods that their tribes have traditionally grown, like squash and beans and corn and, mm-hmm. you know, and fresh. Wow. Coming right out of the garden. Boy, you know, this is a bad show to be doing right now because, you know, people are listening to this at all times of the day because we're on so many stations, <laughs> but it's actually lunchtime and you're getting me hungry <laughs> or past lunchtime, depending on who's looking at the clock. We have a tremendous principal. Hmm. His name is Pedro Ojeda. Okay. And he has seen a vision for doing this as a holistic method of being able to reach the students and if the students then carry any of their learning of this home to parents, mm-hmm. we had one parent that came up and said, I need to know what it is that you've been, you know, why my child is choosing these foods over these foods. Uh-huh. So it's nice to know that they're carrying it home with them to their parents. No, that is so exciting. Yes. You know, one person once said, you know, if you want to change a community, you reach the children because they bring it home and it gets the parents' attention, and you're seeing those kind of changes taking place. Yes, we are. And Pedro, as the principal, is putting this out with all of the staff. I mean, he's inclusive of all the staff that this is our program. Mm. We're doing this, and the students are included in it because they're learning why these choices are better than these choices. Mm-hmm. Not to say that maybe all these choices are bad, but here's some better ones. One of the things I've tried to do as a health educator over the years is take that very same concept and use that kind of something better theme because people can relate to that. I mean, too often people, when they try to educate people about health, have beaten them over the head with, you know, you got to do this or... But if you show them something better, most people respond. It works great for kids, doesn't it? It does. Now, do you have some of these materials available? If somebody says, boy, this is a great program. I don't have any kids anymore, but I could use a new you. I mean, is some of this stuff on your website, or is this just something you're doing for the students? No, it's on the website. Okay. Telling about why we have put this new you program into place, what the component parts of it are, what's important. Mm-hmm. And, and in giving the rationale of why we're doing it. Wow. Uh, this is exciting. Uh, w- tell me, though, honestly, the fir- when you rolled this out and you start making changes in the cafeteria, did you hear some grumbling and stuff among the students? Oh, yes. How long ago was it that this program was rolled out? It's been about a year and a half now. Okay, okay. And so, yeah, you know, it, it's kind of like, man, I wish I had something different to eat. Mm-hmm. I don't like this you know, whatever. But part of what we're seeing is students are now going back for seconds. Okay. Interesting, isn't it? And particularly, they like to go back for fruits Uh like watermelon, um, oranges, any of those kinds of things. They will go back for it. They even go back for vegetables now. Do they really? Maybe not all the vegetables, but the ones that they like, they go back for. Wow. So the students, whether they'll admit it or not, they're, they're not telling you that this is great yet, huh? Or some of them are? Some of them are. Okay. But then there's others like, oh, I can't wait to get home and eat, you know, uh-huh. maybe whatever of a traditional <laughs> dish might be or something that, that speaks of home, I guess. Okay. But for the most part, 
there's ones that are coming around and saying, I'm eating more healthfully. Wow, this is great. I, you know, I wish we had more time to talk about Holbrook and what you're doing, but I think you've cast a great vision. I think you've got me more excited about what you're doing at the school. Well, good. Well, please, t- um, anyone else, go out on the website and look and see what it says about the new you program that we've put into place that includes not just changing a dietary part, but because that's important, right, right. but also including exercise of some sort every day. Wonderful. And then also the wellness part, which includes sleep patterns, mm-hmm. which includes mental health. Mm-hmm. Because if you have a p- more positive outlook on your life, you're going to be making good decisions. You're exactly right, Barbara. One more time, how does someone go to that website? Okay. The website is HIS, which stands for Holbrook Indian School. Right. SDA, HIS. SDA, uh-huh. which is for Seventh-day Adventist, right. dot org. Okay. Barbara, thank you so much for joining us. We have got to step away. We are going to be back with another segment on American Indian Living. More great guests in this venue of Spokane, Washington. Don't go away. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We will be right back. American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. I'm Karen, and two very important people in my life, my husband and my father, have been diagnosed with atrial fibrillation. Atrial fibrillation, or AFib, is a type of irregular heartbeat. People with AFib are five times more likely to have a stroke than people without AFib. Talk with a healthcare professional today about your risk and learn how to manage AFib to prevent a stroke. Visit stroke.org AFib to learn more. My name is Mira Batra. I have been in this country 32 years, and this is how I live united. America has always been the land of promise, and in my community, many families have come for a better life. Coming from another culture myself, I know the desire to become part of a community, to feel at home, and to gain the tools for our children and families to succeed. So I advocate for these families with United Way. United Way empowers them to look beyond their histories and to see what opportunities are available. We help them get involved with their kids' schools, network within the community, and when we do, we unite them. We make the community stronger. What I do is something I wish someone had done for me, and I am so grateful I am able to. My name is Mira Batra. I help families see opportunities and succeed. I don't just wear the shirt. I live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Did you know that 63% of homes contain allergens from cockroaches? And that mice spread potent asthma triggers found in 82% of homes? It's true. Common household pests are major offenders on the list of indoor allergens. Learn what you can do to help your family breathe easier. Visit PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. 1-800-775-4673. 
Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose here in Spokane, Washington. It's the ASI International Convention 2015. The month is August. That's when we're recording this episode. And across from me, another great guest, Eric Flickinger. Eric, it's great to have you with us. It's good to be here, Dr. DeRose. Eric, you and I had the privilege of uh, rubbing shoulders together in Northern California. Since that time, you have taken your passion for changing people's lives, for educating people, first to New England. Correct. And now to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Have I got that right? Chattanooga, Tennessee. That is correct. Yep. So tell us, first of all, what you were doing in New England. In New England, I was part of a a ministry or a training program called NETS, the Northeast Evangelism Training School. And uh, basically the premise of the school was there are many people out there in the world who, who are looking for purpose in life, who know there's something more and they don't know quite what it is or how to, how to go about finding it. And one way that we can do that is by sharing the gospel with them through uh, the pages of scripture. Uh, but another way is through health. Uh, a lot of people who are interested in health, having uh, longer lives, happier lives, healthier lives, being able to think more clearly and so forth. And many of the principles that, that lead us to good health are found in the pages of scripture. So it's incredible to, to share simple health-related uh, things with people and, and, and allow them to be able to see that it's not just health, but God is behind these principles, and that helps them to, to become a little bit more, uh, desire to become more well acquainted with the Creator as well. That's one of the exciting things about what you've done over the years, and I know especially for our listeners, talking about the Creator and His plan for people's lives, you've got an amazing team. It's not just you who are involved, because I've seen you teaching, uh, you've been in action. Right. Uh, you've got a wife who's got a very interesting background. Tell us about that. Yes. Yeah, my wife is a registered dietitian. She has a master's degree in food science and human nutrition. She also has a, uh, a specialization within the field of nutrition. She, she deals with uh, patients who, have, uh, who are critically ill and their dietary needs mm -hmm. uh, as well. So she's working with these total parenteral nutrition formulations and things like that. Correct. Exactly. So she's this high-tech dietitian. And if I'm not remembering correctly, wasn't there some connection between your wife and your own interest in, in spiritual things and holistic health? Yes. I've had the privilege of sharing uh, basically the Bible in, in various formats with uh, people around the country and around the world. And, and knowing that there's this great connection with health and spiritual things uh, through the way that, that God has created us, we've been able to meld her background in health with the uh, spiritual things. Mm -hmm. uh, so she gives typically health lectures, uh, usually about 15-minute health presentations okay. uh, before the biblical presentations that, uh, that I share. And a lot of people have found uh, just an incredible change in their lives through those, those health lectures. And, mm -hmm. and again, that's just given them more desire to get to know their creator who created those bodies. Now, I know one of the things you've done over the years is you have made yourself available throughout North America and beyond, yes. where, uh, communities, churches, they've said, we want to bring more hope and help to our community. And you actually have come in sometimes for weeks or yes. months yes. and done programming, right? Yep. Uh, it's not uncommon for us to go to a location for four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, mm -hmm. and, and do this programming, uh, training, and, and helping to educate people in, in health and spiritual things. Now, I know recently I heard that you had been in San Antonio, Texas, doing kind of a community-wide focus. What were you and your wife doing 
there. That's correct. Yeah, there was a, a huge focus in the city of San Antonio on health. Uh, it was your best pathway to health. Mm -hmm. It was held at the uh, Alamo Dome, and so we were involved in that. And free dental care was offered to the public, uh, free medical care, uh, eyeglasses, haircuts, uh, just a, a, wow. an incredible amount of, uh, of health care offered free to, to the public. And mm -hmm. uh, there were a lot of people who came to that and wanted to know what's, what's the impetus behind this? What's the, the motivation for all of this free health care that's, that's coming to the community? Uh -huh. And really, it's, it's a love for mankind that's planted in the hearts uh, of the people who are volunteering by, by God. Tremendous. And so many people after that said, well, we want to know more about this, this God that you have, this, this creator that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so there were Bible studies offered. There were a variety of other health clinics that were offered after that. And hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people participated in it and took away blessings from it. One of the things that I think causes people to pause is in Indian country, understandably because of people who've taken the name of Christianity and have treated First Nation peoples with anything but kindness and compassion, mm -hmm. you are really part of a group of people, and I see a lot of them at this venue. Some of them are directly, specifically helping people in Indian country. Yes. Your work is broader. I know you've helped many people mm -hmm. with First Nation backgrounds. Yes. But that is not your sole focus. Correct. But when some people hear Christianity, they hear evangelism, they think, you know, some wild-eyed enthusiast who's trying to get someone to join their church and give them right. a bunch of money. Yeah. But you're doing something totally different. You're there on the ground floor. You're helping people. You're trying to help them with their health, trying right. to help them where they're at. And this is, I think, a kind of a, a paradigm-changing type of work that you're doing. Do you find a lot of people that that actually come up to you and say things like that? We do. In fact, I can think of a, of a woman down in San Antonio, um, just an incredible lady that we had the privilege of meeting who came to Your Best Pathway to Health, that outreach that we, we did for the community. And she had a, has a, a Native American background. Mm -hmm. And she was just awed, just floored by the fact that we would do this for the community. And she came up to, to several people afterwards and said, well, well I want to know more about this. Where, what is it that motivates you? Mm -hmm. And so that gave us an opportunity to, to share about the creator, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the, the one who, who motivates us to do this. And it's just, it's incredible when we can see that it's, it's not for some ulterior motive that, that we're trying to do this. It's, it's ultimately because God places in our hearts a desire to help mankind. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's people who are, are interested in that help who, who come out for it and whose lives are touched. What uh, a lot of people who listen to American Indian Living, they, they hear me interviewing a whole host of guests, mm -hmm. uh, from cutting-edge scientists to people working with Native American communities. Sometimes we have folks who are coming more from the financial health end, other people from the social health mm -hmm. end. In this case, Eric, you're trying to focus on spiritual health, social health, physical health. You're trying to look at that whole connection. Right. But some people say, well, you know, why do you sometimes have these people talking about the Bible and Christianity? And I often don't share a lot about my background, but I think you and I have something in common. Because there was a time in my life as a young adult, I was an agnostic. Mm -hmm. I, I thought a lot of this stuff, I mean, is there even a God? Is there a creator? Right. That's where I was at. One of the things that got my attention, and I don't know that we've ever really talked about this much on the program, and I've been doing this show for 12 years, 
is something that I know you've spent a lot of time with, and that is, I'll, I'll just cut right to the chase. I actually thought the Bible was just a fictional book. It was yep. just a bunch of yep. stories, and it didn't need to be taken seriously. And someone like yourself was doing seminars for community, and I went to this, and he was actually going through the book of Daniel. Yes. And I know that that's one of your favorite books to teach on. It is, absolutely. It, it, it changed my life because I'll just tell you, I'll, I'll tell you what it did to me. I said, this could not have just been written by humans. There's something supernatural about this book. When you present that topic, what do you present from the book of Daniel that, that grabs people's attention? There, there's so much in the book of Daniel that is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, one, of the, one of my favorite parts of the book of Daniel is Daniel chapter 2, okay. where this, this king of Babylon, his name is Nebuchadnezzar, he has a dream and he can't remember what it is. So he calls wise men in to ask them, what did I dream and what was it about? And uh-huh. of course, they, his wise men don't know. So finally, he calls in this, this fellow named Daniel. And Daniel was a captive there, but Daniel was a, was a servant of, of the creator God. And he calls Daniel in, and Daniel says, give me time to pray and, and I'll let you know. And he comes back and he tells the king the next day what the king dreamed the day before. He tells him what the dream meant. Mm. And, and he gives the king hope. And it, it was because God gave Daniel that dream. And as, as Daniel recounted it to the king, you could almost see the king's eyeballs open up. He says, uh-huh. that, that was the dream. That's exactly what I dreamed the night before. And there's, of course, there's no way that Daniel could have known if, if the king couldn't even remember what his <laughs> right, dream was. Right. And, and as Daniel explains what the dream is, he basically gives an outline of human history from 605 B.C. down to our day and beyond. We're looking mm. at 2,500 years of history in kingdoms and empires rising and falling. We often say that hindsight is 2020. Mm-hmm. We can look back on that and see how accurate that was with, with God even naming the kingdoms. Mm-hmm. And there's no way that Daniel could have known that beforehand uh, unless the creator had given it to him. That's one snippet from the book of Daniel. It's just incredible. No, and it's, it's tremendous. And, and that actually, that prophecy in Daniel 2 was one of the things that said to me, you know, I've got to take this seriously. Mm-hmm. I've got to look at this book. And to be honest with you, why I often have Christian themes on the show, one of the reasons is that was what got me interested in being serious about my health. Yeah. Because I wasn't before that. Yeah. So, Eric, right now, I mean, we don't have a lot of time in any of these segments, but you're working with a new group, and this group actually has all kinds of resources that help people with their physical health, with their spiritual health. Tell us about your new affiliation. Yeah, I'm with a a group called It Is Written. Um, You can find them on the web, on television. uh, Itiswritten.com is the website. Just a a phenomenal wealth of resources, Uh, whether you're looking for something spiritual, whether you're looking for something that's that's physical. uh, It kind of encompasses all of that. And and again, the the major goal is just to, to help people have better lives, both today, physically and mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and to prepare for the future. Because as we go into the future, we want to be able to think clearly. We want to be able to uh, to make good decisions, and by taking care of, of this body that we've been given and, and sharpening our minds, uh, we can expand what we're able to, to accomplish in life in many, many ways. Tremendous. So it is written. Is it just itiswritten.org? Itiswritten.com. Oh, dot we'll, com. We'll get you right there, yeah. Okay, it is written. And I just saw something very exciting from it is written. You've got, you know, for people who've never studied the Bible, you know, we're talking mm-hmm. about this. You've got some beautiful, I mean, really colorful and it kind of, 
engaging new Bible studies. Some new study guides. That's right. They're phenomenal new study guides. Uh, they're very, very new, hot off the press, you might say. Uh, we have them in English and Spanish, and we're in the process of translating them into another uh, variety of other languages as well. They're simple to use, inexpensive, and they can, of course, be ordered from the website. Just a, a fantastic resource, and as long as you have a Bible or access to a Bible online, uh, you can go through those, uh, those study guides, and they answer a lot of the big questions in life. Now, if a community says, we'd love to have somebody like Eric and, and his wife come to our community and do some programming, mm -hmm. Are you guys available? Do you travel? We are. We, we travel quite a bit. Uh, we're excited about being able to, to share these messages. Uh, we do anything from, from short weekend seminars to longer ones that are more comprehensive. And we're, we'd be delighted to, to get in touch with, uh, with folks who are interested in having us come and just contact us through, through It Is Written. So just going to that same website, itiswritten.com. That's correct. And uh, look for Eric Flickinger. Correct. How do you spell Flickinger? Uh, Flickinger is F-L-I-C-K-I-N-G-E-R. Okay, Eric, our time's just about out. Any closing comments that you'd like to inspire our listeners with? Yeah, I, I'm excited about what, uh, what you're doing, Dr. Droz, and the, the messages that, that you're sharing uh, on your radio program. And by the grace of God, many people are going to be able to benefit physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally uh, from, from what's shared here. And it's, it's changed your life, it's changed mine, and, and I know that it'll change others as well. Thanks so much, Eric, for sharing with us. Thanks, Dr. Riz. Continued success to you and your family. You as well. Listen, we've got to step away, but we've got another tremendous guest coming up. You don't want to miss the next segment of American Indian Living. We're going to talk about broken chains for humanity. You wondering what that's all about? Don't go away. We'll be right back. I'm Dr. DeRose. Stay tuned for more. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. What I say, you already know, but you don't believe. You won't accept, you don't conceive. When you're inside your car, you feel safest of all. Are you safe? Are you? Two tons of sheet metal in your hands. Two tons don't run on autopilot. You have a mission. It's no collision. Hold the phone. Don't text. You're angling to be next. Oh, you've done it before. What's the harm? Just this once, there's no alarm. Got your hands on the wheel? No big deal. Brothers and sisters, you won't see it coming. You're off the road. Your life explodes. It's not worth it. Don't do it. You only think there's nothing to it. Put it down, hang up, pay attention to highway action. Behind the wheel, there is no such thing as a small distraction. Join the conversation at DecideToDrive.org, a public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, who would rather help keep your bones strong than put them back together. We are here to say a word about cancer. When you talk to someone who has been diagnosed with cancer, be positive. Be supportive. That's it. Stop right there. Don't start telling them about your Uncle Vern. Or the next door neighbor. Don't be grim. And try not to disappear either. Don't cross to the other side of the street. Don't stop calling. Don't cry. Don't ever say you're living my worst nightmare. You know who you are. Here's the important part. Be positive. Be positive. Se positivo. Say these words. You will do great. Keep calling. Check in. Be a friend. Or be a new friend. Be a supportive. Positive friend. Smile. Try not to be afraid. Or act afraid. Fear is not useful. Be a funny, hopeful human being. If you come across cancer, let it transform you into your most positive self. And... 
inspire, urge, fortify, rally, encourage someone to do great. This message brought to you by Cancer Survivors. For more information, to hear stories or share your own, visit DoGreatCampaign.com. Do great. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're here at ASI International Convention 2015. The month is August. We're recording this show in Spokane, Washington. If you hear more background noise than you normally do on our show, it's because we're in a live venue right here in the convention center in Spokane. Our final guest today is Ron Cook. Ron works with a group called Broken Chains for Humanity. Ron, great to have you with us. Good to be here. Thank you. Ron, I think our listeners are going to be immediately excited because you definitely have a close connection with Indian country. You grew up in Oklahoma, right? Well, I was born in Oklahoma, and I moved to Phoenix, Arizona, but I would spend my summers in Oklahoma. I'd go back and see family. I'd go back and hunt and fish and be with all of my family back there. Okay, and I know you do have some Choctaw, Choctaw. relatives. Choctaw. Yeah. So it's great to have you on American Indian Living. Thank you. You are now, though, working with another American indigenous people group, but they're not in North America. No. Tell us about what you're doing. Sure. Uh, well, I take uh, uh, doctors and nurses and laymen, and we go to the mountains of Guatemala, hmm. and we uh, work with folks who give free medical and free dental care. Wow. Uh, because there are just so many uh, boys and girls and families there that are really hurting, who need physical help or dental care. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you run short trips? I mean, people go for a few weeks. Is that how it works? Right. The trips are, are, are in about two weeks, usually, mm-hmm. and we go once a year. However, things have totally changed because now we have been blessed by receiving some funds and grants and so on and so forth. And a man actually there donated 18 acres of land wow. for us because he says, my people are, are dying, they're sick, could you help us? And he said, I'll give you 18 acres, just build a health clinic for them. Wow. And so that's what we're doing. That's why we're here, to, to, you know, to raise funds to build a clinic and also a hospital. But also there are a lot of families that are coming. They're Mayan. They're moving out of the mountains in, into the city and not finding work. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are moving to the garbage dump there. Oh, my. And, and you, you see so many children looking for food alongside pigs wow. and ravens and dogs in, in the dump. And so we plan to have a way to feed them as well. I mean, this is exciting. So you're really making a difference with indigenous peoples. You're drawing some from your own indigenous roots. Mm. And uh, I guess the obvious question is why? I mean, someone with Oklahoma roots, Phoenix, I mean, that's normally not the two stops on your journey to Guatemala. Right, right. Well, when I moved from Oklahoma to Phoenix... Uh, we were, uh, let's say, just really hurting financially. You personally? Yeah, well, my mother uh, took my brother and I to uh, Phoenix. She took us there because we were uh, actually threatened by my stepfather to kill us. Oh, my. And uh, so we moved to Phoenix and, and kind of lived uh, below the poverty level. So I have a heart for poor people, and there certainly is a lot of those dear folks in Guatemala. So how did you get there, though. I mean, you, you, you went through some difficult times yourself, so you can relate to people. Right. 
Uh, well, I've actually uh, lived overseas. I've worked with people in the Marshall Islands and Micronesia. Okay. And I was uh, also in New Guinea up in the mountains, my wife and I. So I then was in a church, and someone came to me and said, why isn't this church helping people overseas? And I said, you're right. <laughs> where, where should we go? And this young lady said, well, why don't we go to Guatemala? I, I, I am from Guatemala, she said, and I'm just become an American citizen. Uh-huh. So I said, call them. So she called some of her long-lost relatives, and when she called t- to the mountains of Guatemala, her relatives said, we were hoping and praying that the Creator would send somebody here to help us hmm. uh, because we need so much help. And uh, she said, in fact, we've actually added on to our, our house so that folks could come to help us, and you know, doctors and nurses, and, and, and also help those who are dying from malnutrition. Let me see if I understand this, this right. Sure. You're telling me you're just going to church, some random church somewhere. Is this right? Well, I, I, I'm a retired minister. I, had a, okay. uh, I, I was a minister in Antioch, California, actually. Okay. Yeah. So at this time you were pastoring? I was pastoring. Okay. And so someone is attending your church that you're pastoring. Correct. And they come to you and ask why your specific church is not doing things overseas. Exactly. And you're open, you're receptive to the request. Right. And then when this lady explores what she's got on her mind, this is actually the answer to someone's prayer in Guatemala. They were praying for us. They were praying on their knees that the Creator would send help because the people are hurting so badly. Wow. And so you get a group of professionals together and you head down there? That was, yeah, 2005, made the phone call. 2006, uh-huh. we got professionals, went down there. But not just professionals, anybody. Doesn't matter what they did, they, we, they would you know, fit in and help. Wow. And so we've been going ever since. And then in 2010, we established it as a nonprofit, mm-hmm. uh, Broken Chains for Humanity. Okay. I retired uh, in October because I feel that I, I need to give this my entire life work because my heart goes out to these dear people. Wow. And are you actually thinking yourself of relocating down there to Guatemala? Well, you know, we, we have people, uh, boots on the ground, if you please, mm-hmm. down there who do a lot of work. In fact, we work with a lot of Mayans and also poor Latinos in the mountains who are doing a fantastic work. Mm-hmm. And someone has to be up here to raise funds, to, you know, talk to churches and schools. And that's kind of my job. And I am 66 right now, so okay. slowing down. Okay. But yeah, but we, last time we went, we took down around 32 people. Mm-hmm. Our dream is to build a, a clinic and a hospital, but also have bunk rooms mm-hmm. so families can just come and go or, or folks who want to help other people just come and go. I give them the key. I'll say, go help the people in the mountains. Hmm. Now, there's people, no doubt, that are going to be listening to this show sure. that will say, but we need help right where we're at, too. I mean, broken mm-hmm. chains for humanity. I mean, that sounds like you've got a pretty broad vision. Right. Would you be scared if people started calling saying, you know what, we're in rural Arizona or rural Minnesota, and we wish someone would come up and help us up here too. Sure, sure. What would you do if someone like that contacted uh-huh. you? Well, I, I, I totally get that, especially living in Arizona, uh-huh. you know, because I've traveled all over Arizona. I used to do a lot of camping and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I visit the state a lot. The only difference is in Guatemala, there are no government programs. There's nothing. Oh, no, no food stamps. Nothing. If they don't have food, they, they just eat. They do find tortillas, so they, they have that, and that's it. They're malnourished. In our area itself, one year, 11 boys and girls died. 
from non-nutrition. Wow. Um, but no, I would say both of the above. I mean, yeah, we have responsibility in America. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we expand, and, you know, we start doing trips ourselves here in uh-huh. America. But right now our focus is to build this clinic because um, we feel it's a given to us as a gift by the creator. Uh-huh. And um, every time I mention this to anybody, we're just getting more and more and more people on board and wanting to participate you know, or donate or help or whatever. So how does someone get a hold of you, Ron, if they want to learn more about what you're doing? Sure, sure. If they want to go online, mm-hmm. they go to www.bc4humanity.com. Okay, so BC4 is for a number four or the word four? It's a number, but it stands for four, F-O-R. Oh, okay. Yeah, they go there, they're going to see a lot of our work, what we do in Guatemala, the places we we've been, what we're doing, what our plans are in the future. Okay, so it's BC, like broken chains. Exactly. Then the number four. Right. Humanity.com. Right. And if they just Google broken chains for humanity, they'll get there. We have a web page, and we also you know, have, we're on Facebook there as well. Okay. And so, Ron, we just got a few minutes left, but any practical insights that you can say, if someone's listening, they say, he's doing all this stuff. In Guatemala, things are changing people's lives, but it's more than just medical care. You're giving education, right? Every night. Yeah. In fact, we've held uh, 17 seminars, actually. Uh, wow. On the Bible, the different speakers, and most of them have been laymen or local people. Okay. Some evenings we'll have like six seminars going out at the same time. So you're kind of doing a similar model that this Eric Flickinger, who we also featured on today's show, where you're combining physical health and spiritual health? Right. Okay, very interesting. Right. Do you have some of those resources on your website as well, some educational material, or is it more just talking about your program? It's more talking about our program, and, but that's a good idea. We should, we should do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe by the time the show airs, uh-huh. uh, you'll actually be able to go to BC for Humanity. That's the letter B, then the letter C, the number for humanity.com. And in addition to learning about what Ron Cook and his team are doing in Guatemala, maybe be a part of that yourself or actually get inspired because what you're doing is something that someone else could do in rural Arizona or rural Minnesota. It's not just something for Guatemala, right, this method? Oh, absolutely. It's everywhere. And and would you be willing if someone called and said, can you give us some ideas to start something right here in our backyard? Do you have some practical suggestions as to how to work? Sure, sure. I have some ideas. And uh, I have a real interest in that. Great. Ron, you bring a lot to the table. I'm sorry we, uh, (laughs) we've just about run out of time. Sure. No problem. Thankful to be here. Let me give out one more time that contact information. It's Broken Chains for Humanity. That's Ron's program. He's the CEO. Uh BC, the number four, humanity.com. Ron, thank you again so much for joining us. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. We got to run. This closes today's edition of American Indian Living. Again, I'm Dr. David DeRose, always wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Service.